It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, Fight fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps, and I'm joined now with the one and only Jarrell Miller. Jarrell, it's good to see you. See you. Likewise, likewise. <laughs> having your coffee, I'm having mine as well. Yeah, for sure. I, I actually hate coffee, but the last like two years now, I'm like, I'm definitely loving my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I need it. It's vital. Like, people know when I haven't had mine yet. They're like, you haven't ate or you haven't had your coffee. It's one or the other. Yeah, facts. So facts. You got to get it in. How are you keeping busy right now? I know there's a lot of downtime, but what are you what are you doing with your day? Oh man. So man, every day I've been chopping wood the last three days. A tree fell down on my property. So um, you know, my last keeper came and I says, you know what, leave it. You know, I'll find something to do with it. And mm-hmm. me and a couple of my cousins were chopping wood. You know, so we gotta work out in the last two days doing that. So my back is feeling it right now, but it was a good cardio. Um, like old school boxing training method. Old school, man. So I had um I had some old gym equipment I had in storage. I used to own a gym for a little while. Mm-hmm. So I went to grab as much stuff as I could and put a small gym in the basement. And uh, you know, some weights, got like two hundred pound dumbbells and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I have a little setup, a little cardio bike, my stairmaster, you know, so uh try to grab what I could last minute. So I got a little setup, but um I'm trying to sneak into a little boxing gym here and there one of my boys over. <laughs> We're trying, we're trying, trying to stay focused. But you yeah, know what, it's, uh, it was good to see, you know, you've signed with Top Rank, you know, t- uh, yeah. took on, that's a good direction for you. I mean, you've got yeah. the other guys like Pulev and Fury mm-hmm. on the, uh, under the same banner. I know that people were kind of talking about that, maybe that there was going to be a Fury fight with, or you and Fury fight sometime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell me a bit about why your decision to go with Top Rank. Because I know that Eddie Hearn was, like, saying that you wanted to sign with him and not with Top Rank. So I'm not quite yeah. sure if you want to respond so, to that. So, so uh, listen, you can always ask me a question. I'm always going to answer it 100% truthfully. I've never lied about anything in my life when it comes to boxing. Mm-hmm. So my whole thing was that I've been in contact with the zone and a lot of the CEOs and stuff like that. And after the whole thing with AJ hit the fan, they all told him we wanted to work with you back. We want to get things back on track. I said, no problem. I mean, it's a team effort. You know, I mean, I handle what I have to handle and be back. So my whole aspect of when I approach Eddie Hearn was like, listen, 
we have a good thing going on. Yes, um, something happened on my side, and I have to deal with that. But, you know, I'm very vocal about it. I want to get back with you guys. I feel like everything was good. It's, everything on match room at the zone was a tight unit. I like the way how the things were maneuvering. So, of course, I said, listen, I apologize, but I want to get back to work, and this is, the, this is where I want to go, you know. But Eddie is very two-sided and two-faced with certain things. He'll say one thing to me, say something from another fighter or promoter, and then he'll go on camera, and you're like, hold on. We just had a conversation. Like, how are you going to throw me under the bus or talk, you know, talk that kind of smack when you just was not having that same energy. So, you know, and I approached him after that again, and it wasn't, it was like he's, he doesn't say to your face, but he'll say it on camera when you're not around to defend yourself. And that's when I had a problem with it. And I say, you know what, I'm, done. I'm trying to be the nice guy. I'm trying to be proud about it. You know, be manned up, stand up for my situation, keep it moving. But for him, he acting like a real, you know, girl. Real, not even a girl, like a sissy father. You know what I mean? That's what I want to call it. He's acting a real sissy. So, I mean, top rank came to the table. It wasn't my initial first move because it was people through the top rank line that were contacting me and calling me. So it wasn't until I actually got into face-to-face with Bob, he flew me out to Vegas and we sat down and talked and he just leveled off with me and told me, hey, this is what we complained we got, we got in, uh, in the pipeline for you. Um, listen, I'm from Brooklyn. You know, shit don't always go as planned. This is live, blah, blah. And he just leveled off with me. You know, we're in his office and we just talked about old stories and stuff and he just like, hey, listen, man, it's life, man. And boxing is going to knock you down. You got to learn how to get up. And it was really a conversation like I, really, I, I needed to have with somebody, you know, like, yeah. I, like I had that conversation with Sam, I had a conversation with Bernard Hopkins. But, you know, Bob really sat me down in the office and really, like, talked to me as, like, like that grown man, like that grandfather figure. Like, listen, this is the kind of shit that's going to happen all the time in life. You know, man, fucker, you know, lick your wounds and get back to work. And this is kind of plan, you know. So that kind of sort of resonated with me. You know, not only is a man, but as a fighter, the human being. So I said, you know what? Let me give him a chance. And when the paperwork started to get, I'm sorry to see the first paperwork. I'm like, it's all right. It wasn't too bad. And then um, Bob said, no, we want to give you a better deal. And I said, all right, the numbers add up. I'm like, shit, that's what it was. That's what's all about. So let's make it happen. So it was a little, it was a little iffy, not on Bob's side, because we had Demetrius Salida still involved. And if anybody knows Demetrius Salida, who's a former fighter, he is not the world's best business guy. Like, he's, he's just, I don't know, the kid is this 37, but he's going to 18. You know what I mean? He has freaking Captain Crunch for brains. So, me have to deal with Demetrius Slita and deal with Bob now. That was the only situation. He was the middleman in between situation because I still had uh, promotional rights with Demetrius Slita. A lot of people don't know that I own 70% of my own contract. Demetrius owns 30%. So, we had to figure that out. And, um, we were supposed to be back on the Deontay Wilder Fury second on um, the second fight rematch, and because of his incompetence, we wasn't able to get the deal done in time. And ESPN moved towards Charles Martin and Draw Washington, which was actually a boring second fight. But you know, it is what it is. Um, so we're looking to was looking to come back May 30th, and of course, coronavirus comes out now, puts a halt in everybody's plans. So we don't know exactly when we're going to return yet. But we're hoping to get back, you know, I would say June. And then we fight again on the Deontay Wilder Fury, you know, third and final episode of what was going to happen on that night. But, yeah, man, it's, it's a, lot of, a lot of good ideas, you know. Um, the main thing is just trying to put, keep a smile on your face and just train, you know, because it's going to happen. You know, we're going to be back there. Yeah. And stay, stay away from ignorant and, you know, stupid people. You know, simple as that. What have you learned? What, what's been... The big lesson in everything for you. What have you taken from what's happened 
and mm. learn from it moving forward. Haste make waste. You know, that's one thing I've always heard, haste make waste. But, you know, I've always been the kind of person to always do my own my own research and do my own homework. And the one time I really didn't put the best effort in is the one that caused me the most. Um, just having people in your corner that's not money hungry, that actually cares about your well-being. Because, like I said before, you know, Eddie Hearn, Demetrius Lita, the whole promotional group, everybody knows I'm dealing with an injury from when I fought Morris Walk the year prior to that. And I, I constantly kept fighting to get myself in, into position for heavyweight for a title shot. And I finally got a heavyweight title shot. I kind of put my surgery off and that put me in a position to look towards other methods of dealing with my injury. And it caused, you know, but like I said, it was me that got me there. My mouth, my skills that got me there. No, I didn't, I didn't, nobody, I didn't pay my way to get here. You know what I'm trying to say? So I said, you know what, if I got myself there once, I'm going to do it again, plain and simple. You know, but it just taught me haste and make waste. And not everybody that smiles in your face like your friend. You already know that, you know. Not every promoter is looking for your best interest. It's all about money. It's all about money. All about money. Even people you know for the, I know Dimitri going on 15 years, and he's still a scumbag when they come to talk about the dollar bills. You know what I mean? So I know this guy. So that same same thing, same thing, different day. Mm -hmm. Now, um, Anthony Joshua listed you as one of the six he wants mm -hmm. to face before he retires one day. Mm -hmm. Reflecting back on everything that happened with Andy Ruiz uh, filling in for you last minute, uh, mm -hmm. do you feel the outcome would have been the exact same had you still fought Joshua? I would have put Andy Joshua in a casket. Mm -hmm. Put out of time. I would have put a hurting on him so bad that boy would never look in, look in my direction ever again. So I had his number. And I know I've been had his number. A lot of people, a lot of people don't even know that Andy Ruiz was actually coming out to help me for sparring. Mm. I was going to have Andy Ruiz in my training camp. Now, a lot of people says, why are you going to have Andy Ruiz in your training camp? Short, he's chubby, different fighting style. I'm like, you guys understand fighting, man. You know, once you're a fighter and you understand the art of it, then you know what's good. I've, I've told guys, I'm short guys that can fight inside. And he's a good inside fighter. Those combos are very well, fast hands. And I'd be the greatest outside fighter. But what I need him for, I know he's great at. And I tell people, I don't think Andy's going to win a decision but if AJ tried to mix it up with him, Andy's going to whoop his behind. So I'm trying to say, so, so, so done. You try to mix it up with Andy, Andy clocked his behind, you know? So, yeah, if you'd have fought me, I'd have put a way more hurt in than Andy did. When you think back on that, yeah, when you look at Anthony Joshua's physique, I think it was quite evident that he was putting on that additional weight, uh, building mm. that extra muscle because he was preparing for you. Do you think that was the difference in his performance and why he, no? My thing is this. You got to think about it. When, when people, people don't want to look at the facts, right? A lot, even a lot of fights in, in, in the Olympics where they fought in London and AJ won, a lot of the fights were given to him as gifts. His first 13, 12, 13 fights were like gift fights. You know, it wasn't really durable guys. It weren't really guys from America or guys that are really seasonal. They were kind of journeymen. So, Look at AJ, he turns pro, um, mid-220s, 219, 221. Then he goes to 250. Then he's fighting around, walk around 245. That's not his natural weight. How'd it get so big? Who knows? Protein shakes. I don't know. English muffins and fish chips. So you now, you're going to go from, from 250 now to go up to 265 or 225. A guy that normally walks around 300 pounds. And that's not going to – I can run a six-minute mile at 280, 290. 
he's never done that before. So how can you fight somebody in his in his in his weight class where I'm more comfortable at? It would have hurt him more than anything. Mm-hmm. His best chances was to be lighter, 230, 225, and that still would have backed him up and hurt him. See what I'm trying to say? So him getting bigger for me would have been the dumbest thing he could ever did. Is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So the smaller guy, and look at Andy, Andy's still a big guy, Andy 260 something. You know, so the weight, it's not really about the weight, it's about the skills, really. You know, I mean, styles make fights, you know, right. so, you know, I don't I don't think the weight would have made a difference. It actually would have hindered him even more. He'd have been a sitting duck. He doesn't have better legs than me. He doesn't have better eye coordination than me. He doesn't throw as much punches than me. He doesn't come forward like I do. He's not a bull, as I'm trying to say. So a lot of people were saying, oh, it was a fantastical second fight. I'm like, no, if you watch all his previous fights compared to fight, Andy, he ran. He jabbed and ran, you know what I mean? And it wasn't like he landed really great, clean shots, you know what I mean? But if you really watch the fight, technically, you're like, uh, that's not a Floyd Mayweather kind of boxing or even or, or, or Andrew Ward kind of technical boxing, even Bernard Hopkins, because you can see the confidence in their movement, the way they throw punches, the combination, how they spin off, they turn off. That wasn't a confidence, really confidence performance. It was more like, okay, I'm the chicken, so I'm going to, you know, scrape him and run, you know, no kind of fights. But he did what he had to do, you know, but... A lot of people in America wasn't impressed with it. I know that they're, I say they're, Eddie Hearn is looking to make the fight between Joshua and Fury. Who wins that mm. for you? Fury. 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 Mm-hmm. More hard, more durable, um, uses his jab better, um, technically better sound guy, even if it's a little awkward. You know, like I said, I've sport Tyson before. And Tyson can't do nothing to me. I'm trying to say, and that's because of leg movement and head movement. Joshua can't move. You know, you know, Tyson says something completely different than that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tyson, Tyson said, Oh, I dropped him seven times. That's the biggest load of shit I've ever heard of my entire life. Okay. But Tyson was on his way coming back off of his band and going to lose his So he's looking away for getting when I was hot at the time. So I get it. You know what I mean? Me and Tyson are cool. So mm-hmm. I get it. But Tyson, though, it's not true. You know what I'm trying to say? I've never been dropping spawns once my whole entire life. So that was the biggest crap I've ever heard of my life. It's funny when I heard it, but but um, <laughs> Tyson give me my props for this dude. So I don't know, I know this what it is, but could you imagine the buildup between you and uh, Tyson Fury, like me yeah. a week? All that would be wild. <laughs> <laughs> it'd, be good. it'd be good stuff. It'll be good stuff, you know. So you know, like I said, I I, I every fighter other than myself, and I know I'm not afraid to admit it. Tyson is one of my favorite heavyweights, not only because. He's a, he's a pretty good fighter in the ring. Just a good person outside the ring. So I'm trying to say, people always say, I like to bash fighters. I said, no. I know, I'm i the nicest, humblest, one of the most humblest dudes you ever meet in the world. I'm from Best Star Building. I'm going to have guns in my face. I'm not about that. So I'm trying to say, but when it comes to boxing, and when it comes to fighting, and if your name gets on the contract, I'm going to beat you behind. It's war. So I'm but outside of that, I'm cool, you know? And Tyson, There's one of no guys, friendship you know, once you sign on the dotted line. That's it. There's nothing, if, if you put all in the top 10, we all can't be friends. Like, some of us have to really hate each other. You just have to. That's where I'm just built. If we're going to go to war, I cannot like you. You know, after I beat AJ and knock his, knock his brain senses, maybe we get a beer after that, you know? But <laughs> until then, you're my enemy, bro. And that's how it is, you know what I mean? But some people don't say that, oh, that's arrogant. No, man, this is war. You never understand that until you're in it, you know? But, um, yeah, like I said, Tyson's a good dude, man. He's, he's, he's one of those guys that like, it's, it's hard to really hate him. I'm trying to say. And we really yeah. still have a company conversation with him, he's not one of them kind of guys. You know? He's not arrogant. He's not a show-off. He doesn't go behind cameras and say something to you and then go on camera and say something in your face. You know, you can kind of tell from his demeanor and his aura that what's, what's games and what's real. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's kind of like when Deontay, when Deontay gets to the camera, 
Yeah, you know, everybody like, what the hell is the guy gonna say? No, like you know, it's all full of crap. You know, so you know, it's it's fun. It's funny to watch these guys though, because you just know them. You're like, man, he's full of shit. <laughs> Speaking about Deontay, um, he recently did an interview with PBC. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you if you maybe caught some of the quotes or not, but um, we know that he did undergo bicep su- surgery as mm. well as um, saying that he wasn't himself that night. And mm. you know, anyone who knows him knows that that wasn't him. But he went on to also say that he doesn't consider Tyson Fury champion at the moment mm-hmm. because they still mm-hmm. have one more fight to go. I'm just curious to know what your thoughts are overall. Uh, everything from, you know, him saying that the the weight of his ring walk costume is too mm-hmm. heavy, and now saying that he doesn't believe Tyson Fury's champion. There's a reason why Deontay's been champion for what three, four years in America already, and very few people know who he is. Number one is that whatever marketing strategy they use for him didn't really work. The way he comes off to the to the fans, it doesn't really work. And his, his aura when he speaks doesn't really work. And this is another this is another reason why Deontay's not gravitating to the fans on a on a, on a mega scale because of the crap that comes out of his mouth just like this. First, it was the suit. Nah, the suit was too heavy, bro. You knew what the suit was going to be. Before you walk out in it, you should have knew that. You know what I mean? That's, that's a malfunction in your part. That's not Tyson Fury's fault. That's your fault. Maybe your team's fault. Number two is he fired Mark Bullion. The guy that had him was working since he was one and He fired Mark because he said, Mark stopped the fight. He's going to fire Mark. And they had a previous conversation about it. Mark's probably saved your life in your career. Now, because of the backlash from media and people talking about it, he hired Mark back. Now he's blaming they had a tour bicep. Like, bro. It's a game. It, it's, 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 this is more than it's a game. It's war, right? But if I lose as a, as a champ and as a man, I hold my head high and say, you know what? I got the first one. You got the second one. The third one's going to be on. Let's make it happen. And people will gravitate to him and respect him more for that than coming out with every other month. It's another excuse. You know what I'm trying to say? And, and, and he, sometimes he comes off with this guy as being a tough guy and a street guy. And the street, street credibility is going to say straight up, man, like, shut up and let's go back and get it. You know what I mean? That's, it. That's plain and simple. And boxing fans... You know, the same, same thing. Like, Pacquiao been knocked out. He's lost. But everybody loves Pacquiao. Big guy comes back. He smiles. It's like anybody else. You know what I'm trying to say? So, for him to make up more excuses, he making Americans look like, yo, we soft, man. Like, we basula right now. You might have to shut up and just come back and just beat the dude and just have token. Plain and simple. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You find that it's probably the smarter move to just give no reasoning for why you believe you lost than it is to get because I was just talking to David Hay and and you know when he said when he came out one day and said, Oh, you know, my toe was injured and, and rightfully so his toe was injured. But fans always hold any excuse you give against you. So do you ever feel that it's just best to just say nothing at all or yeah, sometimes it is because even my situation, there's a whole, there's a, there's many different things that cause my situation to happen. But what I did, I said, man, whatever. People gonna believe what they want to believe at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You come up with every excuse in the book. This happened, that guy. 
you can make Eddie Hearn and, 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 and Al Heyman come on and say something for you. Whatever. It don't matter. The fans are going to think what they want to think. Their best, best thing or their best option is to face adversity in the face and say, you know what? When I come back, I'm going to beat his behind and they have nothing else to say. Oh, yeah, I thought it was the juice? Wait till I come back. You're going to see something even greater and better, and I'm going to be 100%, 100% correct right away. So the more you talk, it's like you're going to find more things to pick out of that conversation. It's kind of like when the cops catch you and you do something bad. The worst thing you could do is start talking to the cops to shut up and ask for a lawyer. Keep it moving from there. You know what I'm trying to say? So the more you talk, the dummy's actually looking. You know what I mean? Anybody will tell you that. You know what I mean? Miles, keep your mouth shut and be like, all right, you got that, homie. All right. I see you again. You know what I mean? I, I, I keep it moving. That's just, that's that's how real men do it. You know what I mean? That's how that's how, that's how I grew up. And you suck it up, yo, I right, kick my ass, but I get you next time. You know what I mean? You can't sit there and keep talking about it. So that's how I am. We before, we, before we move on to another topic, I'm just curious what your thoughts are on um, Anthony Joshua facing Kubrat Pulev. How do you see that going? Uh, uh I think AJ will win. Um, but Pulev can crack. You know, and we all know AJ Chin has always been suspect. So if if he can run like he did in the Andrew Ruiz fight, I think he'll be fine. You know, if he mixes up with Pulev and Pulev cracking, you know, we're gonna see AJ on wobbly feet because Pulev ain't the most technical fighter, but he can't take a punch, and the boy can crack. So I think AJ will win in this long in the long road. Um, but this is boxing; it needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Who has been uh, the toughest sparring session you've ever encountered? Toughest sparring session? It's not boxing. And I sparred Vladimir Klitschko plenty of times. And Vladimir was pretty tough, too. But I had his number after about a week of training. I was, I was cracking on overhand rights, and I was getting a wobble. And I was only 2-0 at the time. You know, so that should tell you how I advanced. But actually, it was actually in a kickboxing one of my boys in UFC. Yeah. I was like 20 at the time, and uh, we were getting ready, I think for, was it, I was getting ready for K1, or was I getting for, ready for kickboxing man? His name's actually Uriah Hall. Uriah Hall, he's in the UFC, and he's known for these spinning acrobatic kicks. He's an asshole. My best, <laughs> one of my best friends, though, he's, a, he's an asshole. And I hit him with like a body shot, and I thought I had his number, and all of a sudden the spinning kick comes out of nowhere, and kicks me in my head, and then he's like, his blood coming down. And every time we sparred, it was a war. So I think my toughest sparring session was between actually martial artists and not per se boxers, you know, because boxers were, you know, you could always feel them out, you know, and it's a little different. It's a little different. It's a little different. Well, but I think my hardest sparring session was in, was in, was in um, martial arts. I was going to ask you that. Like, do you ever consider going down that avenue with UFC? Um... I was getting ready for an MMA fight. I think this was summer of 2012. And the owner of K1 came from uh, Korea, the new owner of K1. And um, they want you to fight in K1. I was like, man, you don't own no K1. Like, I grew up watching K1. This guy's an old K1. Sure enough, man, I, got, I left from making $15 in the MMA fight to go make $25,000 in the K-1 fight. I was like, that was it. I'm not going to do MMA right now. But you never know. I'm a fighter, man. I love to fight. You know what I mean? But if I'm the heavyweight champion of the world, then what's the point I'm going to do MMA? You know, it's unfortunate that MMA guys don't get the due respect when it comes to money and paydays. And MMA is a big, big money sport. But, you know, we got the Zufas and the Dana White to the sport. They're not really compensating these guys the right way. So I don't feel like it's something that I would do right now. Yeah. But if I'm the heavyweight champion of the world, 
and Stipe is still champion, then hey, we can do a crossover fight and I whoop his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I like that there's been a lot of crossover talk as of lately. I think that that actually yeah. adds to the sport. I know some people would disagree with me, but um, you know, if you can do it, why not? I mean, what's the harm? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, yeah. So realistically, uh, who do you think mm. that we'll see you in the ring with next when we are able to resume, you know, going back to work? Um, one name that came across as uh, Joe DeGuardia's fighter was Carlos DeCamp. You know, he fought AJ. Um, Robert Hellenius. I know he got a good win against my boy Adam Kornacki. So I'd love to knock him out. But I know Adam is really, you know, animated about getting a rematch with Robert Hellenius. I mean, I don't probably miss let him go back and get his um his revenge. But um I mean those are the two names that I've heard about for my fight to come back. Um some people say Stavern. I don't know if I was real. Um who else? That was really only three names I really heard about. There's one more German guy, not too short, but uh there is one person I really like to fight though because his his trainer kind of pissed me off. And um the kid that he lost to Tyson Fury, he's only, only one loss. What's his name? Um, recently. Wallen. Uh, Swedish kid. Otto Swedish Wallen. Kid. Otto Wallen. Yeah, yeah. I would love to punch him in the face. Just because his trainer got a big mouth. Um, yeah. yeah, and he's he trains in New York too. So, yeah, I I I, I sweep the floor with that Swedish cupcake. <laughs> oh, I gotta gotta love your your uh, trash talk. That's one thing I am so keen for. I know everyone thinks I'm nuts, but I love good trash talk between the heavyweights. I think we need that to build. We need it. It's, it's only gonna get better. For Other than me, I think Tyson was the only one that could probably keep my attention long enough when it comes to trash <laughs> talk. You know, but like I said, I feel like I, you know when when the time is right, you know, Big Baby will be back 110. percent Yeah. You know, sometimes I feel like when. when there's so much you can say without action. You know what I mean? And I'm one of the kind of people I like to put action into words. You know, me being on Instagram and talking and doing that, I'm not with all the hoorah-rah. No, I'm not, that's not me, man. When, when it's time for that, then Big Baby's back. Then you're going to know, you will see videos everywhere and, and funny skits and me running down on people and stuff. But right now, it's for what, you know? So the last year, I was like, man, I'm not doing all that. I'm not running out here being a clown. You know, I, I know entertainment and being a clown. Some of these guys out here probably look like clowns. You know, so... Yeah, you know, I respect, I, res I respected everybody when, when my, my shit went down. When I come back out, then it's going to be war. That's all. I'm curious what your thoughts are on Dillian White. Dillian White is one of those guys where it's like 50-50. I like Dillian, you know, as a fighter, as a person. Um, I guess his background, because he's Jamaican, you know, I was raising my father, my father was Jamaican, so I kind of understand him. But He's very flip-flop. He's very flip-flop because one minute Dylan White will write me a message on Instagram, mm -hmm. say something inspirational, and then he'll block you on Instagram, and then he'll make he'll do an interview with Andy Heard saying some craziness. So has he blocked as, you on Instagram? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dylan, Dylan White's messaged me plenty of times on Instagram. That's what I'm trying to say. So sometimes, sometimes when you hear some of these fighters talk crazy smack, don't believe everything they're saying. That's why I tell people all the time. Some of these guys are just for show. But if I tell you something, 100% of the time, your boy's right. Trust me. When it comes to these guys, I, a lot of them are full of crap. But um, Dylan White, I, I, like, I like Dylan White as a, as a fighter. I think as a person. Um, will he beat me? Not a million years. You know, it just won't happen. He doesn't have the style, the skills, 
um, the attributes to be the guy like you know what I mean. So I think when the time is right, I'm definitely gonna you know smash him around. But you know, I definitely like him as a character and, 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 and as a fighter. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. You know, obviously they've been feeding him a couple you know spoon-fed guys to try to keep him in the rankings. You know, I think his best win to date is still uh, Joseph Parker. You know, and he kind of almost booted the end just probably cracking, you know. So, uh, you know, we'll see. You know, we'll see. But, uh, I mean, from 1 to 10, you know, I'd give Dinner White a 7, you know. You made a comment before about the villain always wins, or at least 80% of the time. Are you insinuating that you're okay with being considered a quote-unquote villain in boxing? Listen, you got to be it now. You got to understand, the media is going to make them what they want to make you. And you're going to be what you are. The only thing you can do is be true to yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do anything different than what I was doing from before. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to say, but I paint the picture of myself as being a good guy. I never was trying to be the good guy. I was trying to be the guy to do the right thing. Sometimes doing the right thing doesn't mean you're doing the best thing for everybody. So I'm trying to say, the only thing you can do is like look in the mirror and say, okay, I'm man enough to own up to my mistake. And that's the same thing I'm going to teach my son. I'm like, listen, ain't, ain't nothing in my life went according to plan. Having you wasn't according to my plan, but I got you. But I'm going to suck it up and pull my big boy pants up. So I'm trying to say, so I think it's the same aspect in life where people says, how can you say the villain wins 80% of the time? And I said, the reason why is because where, how I grew up and where I grew up, a lot of times, the stuff that you see is not always the right way, but that's what takes to win, or that's what takes to get to the next level. If you do everything by the book, America wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Vegas wouldn't exist. Miami wouldn't exist. All that shit was built off of bad money. So I'm trying to say, so when you look at the concept in your head, you're like, man, if I do this, that, this, and that, I still might not get to where I got to get to in life. But me as a human being, if I treat others with respect, and I do what I need to do, then Hopefully karma comes my way. And that's how I live it. That's how I live it. So I'm not going to live for you and live for the media. I'm going to live for myself. And I'm going to be with Big Baby. You can kiss my black ass. Same thing. (laughs) Um, Alexander Usyk. Mm -hmm. He's going to be fighting Derek Chisora. What do you make of him uh, now mixing it up with, with the big boys at heavyweight? So this is my thing with Usek and Matchroom. Now, you got to study the playing field, right? And once you start doing your research, this is where things get iffy. So every time a fighter that Eddie Hearn says either worked to promote it, failed the drug test, he eventually works with them at some point and gets back with them, whatever the situation is. So Usek was going to fight Tyrone Spunk, good friend of mine, one of my favorite kickboxers. Almost a week and a half before Tyrone was fighting, passed all his drug tests all of a sudden, Tyrone fails the drug test. They put a last-minute replacement guy, which was Tim Witherspoon from New Jersey out here on this side. And I was going to fight Tim Witherspoon they were talking about. Tim Witherspoon hasn't fought, about, hasn't fought in about five years, four or five years. Tim Witherspoon gave the boy hell. Usyk didn't look that good. Won the fight. If Tim, if Usyk would have fought Tyrone Sprung on his heavyweight debut, Tyrone Sprung would have knocked out Usyk. That's what I'm trying to say. So, not too far after that, Tyrone Spong had filled a drug test. Tyrone Spong is in training camp with Anthony Joshua, getting him ready for Andy Ruiz. Now, if a guy just filled a drug test and you're under card of match on boxing to Eddie Hearn, and now you're bringing this guy into training camp now on and so forth, 
and lovey lovey smooch smooch. That don't make any sense to me. If you're so mentally or physically talkative about failing them tests and so forth, why would you bring some of these guys around for drugs? Why would you bring some of these guys back to the training camp? Now, my thing is this. He didn't want to fight Tyrone Spawn because Tyrone Spawn was too much threat. They brought Tim Witherspoon. Nice fight, Derek Chisora. Derek Chisora ain't really a power puncher, but he's durable. He's a fan favorite in England. If Usek can pull it off, he'll keep him in the top two or three ranking. If he doesn't, then he'll, you know, fall somewhere in the abyss. Mm-hmm. I think Usek can outbox Chisora, but Chisora does have attributes that can give him problems. Because if a uh, Almost a full year old. Yeah, you know, it's a tough fight. So for Usek, it's a tough fight. Yeah, it's a tough fight. Yeah. If you have a five-year-old, a five-year-old guy who's been out of the ring and giving you so much problems, mm-hmm. and he's not really a power puncher, now you're going to get a guy that's been active, been punching, and can't take a lick. So I'm not sold on Usek. I never thought he, I never thought anything of Usek being special. Um, you know, they're trying to set him off for payday against AJ. So let's see, you know, let's see. Does he win any world titles? Do you think that he, um, he can you know, beat someone like Anthony Joshua or Tyson or Deontay? I think he actually, I think he can cause a lot of problems for AJ. And I'll tell you the reason why is AJ is not a balls to walls kind of fighter. Trezora is. Trezora put his chin down, get knocked out, or put his chin down and knock you out. AJ's not going to do that. Mm-hmm. He did it with Kisco a little bit, you know, because Kisco got tired out. Now, if AJ can string the fight along then and win by decision, then maybe. If he mixes up with, with Usyk, I don't believe he's going to be able to do that with Usyk. Usyk's small, through a lot of combinations. He's got a very good um, throw shots over angle. Mm-hmm. And when I seen Usyk, he fought Joy Joyce. I think it was the World Championship. I forgot what the exact league was. He beat the hell out of Joy Joyce. Yeah, That's it was it. The, uh, uh, the Super Sick. No, wait. Super. It was like the some, some, Yeah. Some big- <laughs> I can't think of it. Wasn't that long ago? Yeah. Made Joy Joyce look really horrible, and it was a, a you know another English fighter, very lethargic, very stiff. But Joy Joyce and Age is not the same fighter, but he moves very well on big guys. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think Usyk would give a lot of problems to AJ, um, because AJ is not gonna go balls to walls the way Chizuru would. So, you know, I think he could definitely pull it off with AJ. With the other guys, I don't think so. You know, maybe with Deontay, because Deontay does not does not handle guys with good foot movement. Um, not with a Tyson Fury. Um, I think Dylan White would give him a lot of problems. Uh, I would definitely beat him up. He's too small, way too small, way too small. I seen this guy, and I'm like, man, I, just, I, just, I sneeze on him, he might die. But um, yeah, I think he can cause some problems. I don't know how effective he will be, because when you're getting there with a real heavyweight, it's a big difference. A lot of cruiserweights run. Start to realize that, like, the heavyweights back then compared to now are a big difference. You know, when you see Tyson Fury, he's, he's not the most ripped, you know, muscle guy, but he is a, he's a mammoth of a man. You know, he's 6'9", and he's pushing 265, 270. So heavyweights are a big difference now, you know, big difference. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think we covered all the topics right now. <laughs> Listen, man, you got... I'm looking at you, I'm like, your, your makeup is on fleek right now. I'm like, God damn, you're looking good over here. I've only been on quarantine for a month now, so you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you know what? Anything to get a little dressed up these days is, is quite all right for me. Yo, I hear that. I hear that. The only person I'm on is my son right now. And I'm in here with, 
he throwing crayons and Nerf guns everywhere. I'm like, man, <laughs> leave him in the woods for a while, man. Well, it's good that you're actually like out away. Uh, by the way, it sounds like you got like uh, it seems like there's a lot of like land around you. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I got I got neighbors. My neighbor house is maybe about a hundred yards left and hundred yards right. But I guess my property in the back goes like a V. So it, it's kind of sketched up. So there's nothing but woods in my backyard and trees and stuff. So it's pretty cool. So in the front, yeah. I can see people, you know, wait from my neighborhood. In the back, it's like nothing but deers. Sometimes I got to watch out for the, you know, we got black bears and stuff come around. So, you know, I got to have my shotgun coat by sometimes just in case. You know what I mean? And so, <laughs> see, cool, I, love, I love the woods. I loved hiking. But anytime I think, oh, a mountain lion could jump out. Like it, it just makes me not want to go for a hike or go for those long walks because it freaks me out, to be honest. You seen that skit that came, well, I guess it was like a meme on Instagram when the quarantine hit. All y'all girls gonna wish I had a man that can cook, fight, or hunt. Listen, we did the doctor, you walk with me, ain't no bear coming over here. We gonna have bear shish kebab for dinner. You know what I mean? <laughs> have you seen that meme? Um, it's a it's a bear and he's out on someone's porch and the bear's looking into the house and it says uh, even the bears are one or even the animals are wondering where we've gone. <laughs> inside. I see that one, but it's different though. It's different, man. It's different. Yeah. It's different. It's different. But man, I I don't know, man. I guess God God got to plan his own way. You know what I mean? So. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.